Well, good morning. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? I can't think of doing anything better than having a hot dog after church. Just kind of hits the spot, doesn't it? Have you ever had those times when, you know, you just kind of feel like, I'm, I'm just feeling like I'm, I want a hot dog today. Well, let me just invite you. We're just happening to have hot dogs today. So you're in luck. I want to invite you that immediately following our second service, just come together. It's important that we come together as the family of God to not just to worship, but also to fellowship. So today I'm beginning a brand new series, and it's just called Being Refreshed in the Psalms. And we're going to take a look at three psalms over the next three weeks Because you know what? At this time of the year, after we've been through the year that we've been through, we need to have a moment of being refreshed, right? So I want to welcome all of you who are guests this morning. I want to say we are so glad you're here, and I want to welcome everybody who's watching online. I just happen to know for sure that somebody in Jerusalem today, her name happens to be Lori Beckler, is watching online. And so, hi, sweetheart. If you are looking for a church home, if you're searching and you're trying to find that place that you can call home, I just want to encourage you after the service, just go out to our guest services and we'll give you some information. There'll be probably somebody there who maybe will pray with you and help you to make a decision because we believe that we want God to have, we want you to be where God wants you to be, to be okay? All right, so today we're going to begin talking about a psalm that we all know. In fact, some 3,000 years ago, a man by the name of David, who just happened to be the member of a family of shepherds, penned a psalm that over time, millions and millions of people, both believers and non-believers, have grabbed onto and held onto tightly so that they can be comforted in times of pain and times of turmoil. We know it as the 23rd Psalm, right? It's probably the most famous Psalm of the 150 Psalms that are written in the Old Testament. But not only is it just a famous Psalm, it's also the go-to Psalm that we as believers read when we need to be refreshed. I want you to be reminded that it's important that we take time to get re-energized, right? Doesn't it feel good on a Saturday morning when you don't know you don't have to get up and you can sleep in? You never sleep in, but it's nice knowing you can, right? (laughs) But you know what the other part of it is, is that it's important that we take time to get refocused. We just finished a school year, where now we're coming to the summer, and now we have things to look forward to. But at this time, it's so important that we get refreshed. And over the next few weeks, We're going to learn the key ingredient that God tells us that we need to have, not to just get refreshed, but to stay refreshed. And a shepherd boy by the name of David is going to lead us. There was a very large city on the East Coast that had an annual event. It was the social event of the year, and everybody tried to get tickets to it. There were always waiting lists. They moved it to a place to where they could house more people. It was an auditorium type of thing. And then what they would do is they would invite famous people in and they would gather together and they would listen with them. Well, on this particular 
night, they had invited a very famous actor. And this actor was known for his voice. This was the kind of actor that when he spoke, his voice could thunder like the voice of God. And yet, when he whispered, it would sound like Grandpa beckoning you to come and sit on his lap. Well, when everybody arrived, they found that there were all tables for them to sit at, and the actor came and took his place at the head table. Sitting right next to him was an elderly man who was a pastor. They struck up a conversation, and this actor realized that this pastor was someone that the whole community seemed to know. In fact, he learned that he had been in ministry over 50 years. He remembered at one moment when the pastor picked up his glass, how his hand shook. His heart went out to him. Well, it was his time to perform, and so he went up on the platform, and while he was there, he began to recite famous movie lines. He began to to recite speeches from presidents and leaders from all around the world, and everybody was just fascinated by his ability and the sound of his voice. In fact, many of the people, as they listened to him, they, he closed their eyes. When it was getting towards the end of the program, they asked, he asked the question, is there anything that you would like me to do for you? And in the back, a lady raised her hand, and she said to him, would you do us the honor and recite the 23rd Psalm? He said, I would be glad to do that on one condition, that when I'm finished, my new friend, the pastor sitting next to me, will come up and he will recite it right after me. He looked at the pastor and the old pastor looked at me and said, I'd be glad to do that. It was quiet for a moment and the man then began in this thundering voice, the Lord is my shepherd. And people closed their eyes. They were so amazed at how he was able to use his voice. The fluctuations just kind of seemed to suck them in. And it got to the point where they hung on every word he said. And in those moments of the psalm, when he kind of just let the silence drift, people found themselves almost falling off their chair because they wanted more. When he was done, everybody rose to their feet and they gave him a very long standing ovation. When everybody began to sit down, then the actor looked at the man and he said, it's your turn. And so they had to help the old man come up onto the platform. When he got here to the platform, he began to speak and his voice began to shake and so they got him a glass of water. And then he bowed his head, and it was quiet. And then he began, the Lord is my shepherd. And he went on and recited the psalm perfectly. But while he recited the psalm, something began to happen among the people. It was different. The people began to get their eyes filled with tears, and they began to cry when it was all over with, when that pastor was all done saying and reciting the 23rd Psalm, ladies and gentlemen, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. 
Later, there was a news conference, and the actor was standing there, and he was talking to the news people, and at the end, he said, I'll take one more question. And a young lady in the front said, can I just ask you a question about the reaction last night when you read Psalm 23, and then the old pastor read Psalm 23? Can you please tell me, what was the difference? What happened? The actor kind of smiled. He bowed his head for a moment, and then he looked at her, and this is what he said. I know the 23rd Psalm, but that man knows the shepherd. Do you know the shepherd? Or is he just an acquaintance? As you have lived your life and walked your life, this journey, have you walked with him? Are your eyes on him? Or are they fixed on the things of the world? Stand with me out of respect for God's word. We're going to read this together since we know it so well. And I'm going to come down here and just be one of you for a moment. So as you see it on the screen, let's read it together. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's read that last one one more time. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, today, I need to be refreshed. May my eyes be cast upon not just the shepherd, but the good shepherd. And as he leads me for whatever remaining days I have, I know where I will spend eternity with you forever. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So I'm going to continue with this message, and then we're going to close this message at the table. King David is the one who wrote this 23rd Psalm. He wrote it after he was king. You know what theologians call this psalm? They call it the wilderness psalm, and here's why. This is the Judean wilderness. The reason that David writes Psalm 23 and he compares it to the Judean wilderness is because the Judean wilderness was a place, now listen, that lacked everything. 
What I want you to know, though, is that in this psalm, David does something very unique. He changes his perspective from the king to the sheep and the goats. Now, I want you to be reminded that in those days, the king of Israel was referred to as the shepherd. And Jesus picks up later on this in the New Testament in John 10 when he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd knows his sheep, right? So what David is doing, my dear friends, is he is now saying, even though I am the shepherd that God has put in charge of the flock of Israel, I too have another shepherd who is greater than I am, and I yield to him because he is the good shepherd. Now, what I want you to know is that if you look at this wilderness, this wilderness is a place that cannot provide everything that a sheep needs. It cannot naturally provide for the sheep. And I'm talking about things like food, like water, like security, and a sense of well-being. You're not going to find that in the wilderness. And yet David tells us that the sheep lack nothing. How can that be? How can it be that the sheep lack nothing in a place that has nothing? And David tells us, he says it's because of the good shepherd. The good shepherd leads his sheep into the wilderness. And the reason the sheep realize that they have what they need is because their eyes are not focused not on what they don't have, it's focused what they do have. And what do they have, my friends? They have the good shepherd. In your life right now, are you focusing on the wilderness? That which can give you nothing, it cannot give you what you need, or are your eyes on the good shepherd? Because here's what we learn from David. When God is the shepherd, the people have all they need. Now listen to me. In Wichita, when God is the shepherd, the people have all they need. In Topeka, when God is the shepherd, the people of Kansas have all they need. In the United States, when God is the shepherd, the people in the United States have all that they need. And it even goes further to the world, doesn't it? If God is on his throne, all of the people of the world have what they need. Amen? Amen. Enough said. Have you ever had that time in your life when you feel like you're going through a wilderness? You know what I mean? Life is hard. And it's not just a little hard, it's a lot hard. You're tired. You've been busting your tail for a long time. The days seem to get longer and the nights seem to get shorter. And what happens? You begin to focus on all the wrong things. You see, that's the tendency of the sheep. I know in my life, when I've had those times and those days when I get tired and I get run down, you know what happens? I start focusing on all the negative things around me. And David tells us in this psalm here, he tells us, he goes, don't focus on the Judean wilderness because it's not going to give you what you need. In fact, it's going to give you what you don't need, which is going to cause you to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And so David tells us, focus on the good shepherd. Keep your eyes on him. 
Because the good shepherd gives you everything that you need. And the very first thing I want you to learn about this is that the theme of Psalm 23 is very simply this. Keep your eyes on and stay close to the shepherd. That's the theme of Psalm 23. Keep your eyes on and stay close to the good shepherd. Now, I want you to know something. This is not just any shepherd. Remember what David said? David goes, he goes, dude, this isn't just any shepherd. This is my shepherd. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. Man, David's having a good day. He's thinking about the Lord, and he's all excited about the fact that the good shepherd is his shepherd. And you know what David's doing in this? He's bragging. He's bragging on his dad. Hey, guess what? You know that shepherd, the good shepherd? Baby, mine. He's my shepherd. And that's how God wants you and I to feel as his sheep. We don't have to worry about the gas prices. We don't have to worry about all of the things that are going on in the world. Yes, we pay attention to them. And yes, we speak when we have to. But we have the peace of knowing that the good shepherd is with us. And because the good shepherd walks with us, I have all I need. And then David tells us why he's bragging on his father, why he's bragging on the good shepherd. The good shepherd, what? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My friends, the only time that you can say that the Lord is your shepherd is when you have all that you need. When I have all that I need, I can declare the Lord is my shepherd. You know what's interesting is that sheep are complainers. Did you know that? Sheep have a tendency to wander. You know that, don't you? We have the scars to prove it, don't we? But sheep also pay attention to what other sheep are eating. They're always looking across the fence line, looking for greener grass. Here's what I want you to remember. The quality of a shepherd is known by his sheep. And if sheep are always complaining, guess what? That's a poor reflection on their shepherd. Now let's bring that to you and I here in this world. We have a world that's watching us. And if all they hear from us is how we complain, we complain about our pastor, we complain about our church, we complain about our friends, the world looks at us and says, wait a minute, you are a reflection of your shepherd. And if you're always complaining and you're never content, you know what? Why in the world should I want to follow your shepherd? You're not even happy. So David wants us to learn this lesson. Contentment in our lives comes not from what we have, but from who we have. Let's go on. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. The second thing that David wants us to know is this. If the Lord is your shepherd, if the Lord is your shepherd, he'll meet your spiritual needs. All right, now here's my question that I want to ask you. So what's the goal? According to what he said, what's the goal? And the goal is simply this, the restoration of your soul. That's the goal. What does God want for you? He wants you 
to be restored. Now, I want you to think about that. So, how does he do that? Well, according to what David tells us, he makes me lie down. In other words, he puts me flat on my back so that the only place I can look is up. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever been put flat on your back by the Lord? Not fun, is it? In fact, recently in the pandemic, we saw the Lord put the whole world on their back, did we not? What's the purpose of God putting us on our back? Here's what it is. Listen carefully. To restore our life, to give us life back. He knows how weary we get. He knows how we get tired. He knows how we are so susceptible to the, to the evil one. And so when we get to that place, you know what he does? He says, okay, Bob, I'm putting you on your back. Sometimes he does it through sickness. But the purpose is to get your attention and mine. How many of you remember this? I can remember when my kids were little, and they would say to me, I don't need a nap today. And I made the mistake of believing them. Do you remember what happened? Oh, they're irritable. Oh, they're grumpy. They cry. They fight. Everything in life is miserable, right? And so what do we do? Hey, Lori, guess what? Kids are going to bed early tonight. And then you put them to bed, and they're kicking, and they're screaming, I'm not tired. You know the feeling, right? But what happens once they fall asleep? Oh, they just sleep so soundly. See, we do that for them because we know that's what's best for them, right? And that's what God does for you and I. He recognizes when we get tired. He recognizes through our complaining and all of our crabby attitude. And what does he do? The Bible says he puts us flat on the back. Now, the next question is, according to that, where does he do it? What does the Bible say? In green pastures and beside still waters. I want you to think about this. A good shepherd knows where the best pastures are. And these pastures that the Lord is talking about here, that the good shepherd is talking about here, are the places where the grass is so thick that it becomes soft like a bed and allows you and invites you to have rest. I want you to just think about this for a moment, okay? Okay. So, the Lord allows you to lay down. The only way that can happen to a sheep is when he's not afraid, he's not hungry, there's no insects, and there's no friction in the herd. Did you hear that? All those four things have to be in place in order for a sheep to be able to lay down. And you know what the good shepherd does for you? He takes away all of those things. He takes away your fear. He gets rid of all of the insight. He gets rid of all those things so that you can lay down. And what David wants us to know now is that when we keep our eyes on the good shepherd, not only does he give us everything we need, but he meets our spiritual needs. And here's what I mean by that. When he lays us down, he rids our hearts and souls of anything that is anxious or is not of him. There's something else you need to know about sheep. They're afraid of running water. Did you know that? Makes sense, doesn't it? Because if a sheep gets too close to the running water, falls in, their wool gets wet, sucks them under, and they drown. 
They're afraid of running water. So you know what a good shepherd does? A good shepherd will take the water and he will dam it off. You know why? So he can create pools of quiet water. You see, when the sheep come to the quiet water, there's no fear and they can drink at a leisurely pace. I want you to think about that. The Lord puts you on your back to allow you to rest in the plush green grass. He provides you with water to drink when you want, as much as you need, at whatever pace you want to drink it. Now, here's what the Good Shepherd is saying to us through David. What I want you to know is this is what true rest is. And it means this, that we can lie down, that we can give up all of our worries and all of our anxieties of the things that are going on in our lives because the Lord is on his throne and I can trust the good shepherd. Let's go on. It goes on and it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's the good news. Just because you're following the good shepherd doesn't mean you don't have to not go through the valleys. Even though you're following the good shepherd, you get to go through the valleys. Now, I know you're thinking right on, what did he just say? Did he say we get to go through the valleys? That's exactly what I said. And there's a reason why I said that. You see, what the Lord does in our lives is when we go through the valleys, what he does is he comes close, and the Bible tells us that he leads. Did you know sheep are afraid of the dark? They are. And so when the sheep are led through the valleys and the sun goes behind the mountains, and now it becomes dark, and the shepherd leads the sheep through the valley, you know what the natural instinct of the sheep is to do? Draw close to the shepherd. Isn't that amazing? Because they're afraid, they know where they can go to get that fear taken care of, and so they go to the shepherd. You see, what we need to remember is that God doesn't remove us from the valleys. He simply removes the fear in us so we can walk through the valley. Because remember, the valley is not a destination. It's just part of the journey, and the goal is to move through the valley. Now, maybe one of the things that you might be thinking is, so why does God want us to go through the valleys? Because there's something at the bottom of the valley that God wants us to get a hold of. You know what it is? It's the best vegetation. It's the best streams of water that we can have. You see, when we go through the valleys in life, and maybe you're going through one now, we don't want to go through it. We don't want to have to do or go through all of the things that we're not, we don't know is going to happen, and we get this fear. But God says, if you would draw yourself to me and simply trust me, what you're going to find is that as I walk you through the valley, at that point when you think it's going to be the hardest, I'm going to give you the vegetation, I'm going to give you the water, I'm going to give you what you need that's going to give you strength to get through the valley. And that's why people will look at you and say, how did you go through that? 
And the answer is always, because the good shepherd led me in and through the valley, and it was at the bottom of the valley when things were the worst that he fed me and nourished me and gave me everything I needed to get through the valley. And because of that, I'm not the same sheep I was when I went in. One last thing. I'm going to ask our communion people if they would please get ready. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And then it closes with, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Here's what I want you to understand. In the days that we're in right now, there's a lot of chaos, isn't there? I mean, all you have to do is read the news and what's happening in Dodger Stadium or what's happening in Congress and all around the world. I mean, we're in a mess. And here's what the Good Shepherd says to us. In the midst of all of your enemies, in the midst of all of the chaos, I prepare a table. And this table is in the midst of your families, in, in, in the midst of your enemies, but at this table you can eat in peace. One of the things that a shepherd did is every good shepherd carried with him a pouch. And he carried it because whenever a sheep would wander off or maybe he would, get, he, would, he would stray and he would be surrounded by wild animals, a good shepherd would go and he would defend that sheep and fight all of the wild animals off. He wouldn't chase them completely away but he would keep them at a far distance. And then you know what he would do? He would take his pouch and he would spread out a piece of cloth. And then on that cloth, he would put food. You see, the sheep was afraid. And the best way to eliminate fear in a sheep were two things. Number one, the shepherd had to be near. And number two, he could be nourished. Now I want you to picture this. The wolves, the enemies of the sheep are all around him, but when the shepherd is in his presence, he gets all he needs and he gets the peace that he needs so that he can eat, and the shepherd takes care of it all. Today, we're going to participate of a meal that does the very same thing. In the midst of everything that's going on in our world right now, the Lord delivers for us a table, a table for us to partake of, a table that will give us the strength that we need to get through whatever valley we're going through. And I want to remind you that when we partake in this table, we proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. But there's also something else that we proclaim because we belong to his flock. Remember what the, the Psalms ends with? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of the enemies of this world, we can have peace. Why? because he's the good shepherd.